It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Auburn Tigers are SEC champions yet again, but are the road woes behind them? And also, pivoting to football, we will talk about the most interesting player that we are watching this spring. All that and more on today's Locked On Auburn. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken parm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. The, the Tigers win the SEC 81-68 to in overtime against the Mississippi State. Started red hot, uh, had an 18-point lead at one point, lost the lead, fought back, clawed back, had a chance to win it at the end of regulation, did not. But then Katie Johnson absolutely took over in overtime to seal the conference, or at least a share of the conference, with the opportunity to clinch it outright against South Carolina in Auburn Arena on Saturday. And I mentioned, I think, the biggest takeaway in all of this. I think Auburn proved they can score on the road Uh, or at least put them in situations to win. I mean, we saw that. It took overtime for them to lose to Arkansas. Um, They they fought back in Gainesville in that loss to Florida. And obviously with Tennessee, it was a three-point game with a minute left. So you you look at it, it's like this is a team that's going to compete no matter what. But yet again, it was a situation where at, at the end of the game, Wendell Green brings the ball down the floor, and it just didn't seem like... There was a plan. They eventually got it to Jabari. And then I think every Auburn fan in the world was screaming at the TV. It's like, there's two seconds left, Jabari. Just throw it up. And it just seems like at that point, you should have a play ready for that. And, and I get that Bruce didn't want them to get set. And they wanted you know the, 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 the flow of the game to kind of happen. But that just seems to be an issue every time Auburn is in that situation. And I'm not pinning on Wendell. I've done that a little bit in the past, and I'm not meaning to, and I'm not going to do that here. But it just seems like the awareness wasn't there. I don't think Jabari realized how much time was left when he got it. He just had to throw it up. There was a lot of things that just happened, and and, and ultimately, I think that falls on Bruce. Now, props to him for getting his guys right, going into overtime, and Katie Johnson, man, he flipped the switch. He was incredible. I mean, thanks to his explosion of offense, almost, uh, Auburn almost almost scored uh, as many points in overtime as they did in the second half because of that late surge there by Katie Johnson. And obviously, Jabari Smith's explosion in the second half allowed them to be in a situation even to send it to overtime. Jabari, 27 points on 9 of 13 shooting. 3 of 5 from 3. Are you kidding me? The kid, man... If you can get your hands on a pair of tickets this Saturday, you get to see him one more time in Auburn Arena, it's worth it. I don't care how much it costs. It's worth it. It's absolutely worth it. But look, just just to kind of make sure that, that I'm not kind of hating on Wendell here, Wendell was decent, not shooting. He did not shoot the ball well. Where is his line? He's, he was 3 of 12 shooting for 8 points. 
which isn't good. I think we all agree on that. But I love plus minus, and he led the team in plus minus. He had a plus minus of 25. He played 31 minutes, and while he was on the floor, Auburn outscored Mississippi State by 25 points. And he was leading the team in plus minus at the end of regulation. So it wasn't just because Auburn surged and he was on the floor with KD when KD was going off. Auburn was better with Wendell on the floor, considerably better. And so he does things more than just score. And I I totally understand that. But still going three of 12, and you know, he, he shot 15 times against Tennessee. Is that the way to facilitate the offense? And I know a lot of people are saying, well, that's just a Bruce Pearl style of play. And I'm like, I get it. Like, Zepp is shooting more, and we're, we're seeing how efficient of a, sh- a scorer he can be when he's shooting it from deep. Jabari's doing what he's doing. Katie Johnson's starting to turn it on a little bit. Devin kind of found the groove late. He had a key three-pointer. And so, you know, it's just, does that always need to be the way the offense operates with him shooting double-digit attempts every single night? Now, I also will give him credit this, and I talked about this in the Locked on Auburn Discord. There were several stints in the second half when Mississippi State kind of had all the momentum. There were two plays specifically in a row where he went in and attacked the rim. I think both times were in transition. And he very clearly got fouled on both of them, and there was no call whatsoever. So, like, that makes his stat sheet and his percentages drop considerably. But in one of those, he got fouled. He's sitting on the floor, and the ball comes right back to him, and he does that sick behind-the-back pass and, and, and set up um, Zepp, who I think then found Devin in the corner, which gave Auburn the lead. So still, I mean, just a, a great team performance. And I probably should have led with this, just how cool it is for Auburn to be SEC champs yet again with a chance to, uh, to win it outright. Saturday against uh, against the Gamecocks. But the crazy thing about this is it's not a fluke. And it's kind of something we all saw coming because of the culture and, you know, what this program has become under Bruce Pearl. Getting a guy like Jabari Smith and having the ability to build a roster with a transfer portal. Look, this was his first offseason kind of being able to use a transfer portal. And he kind of went out and said that he didn't like the transfer portal because it's going to kind of change things. Well, he adapted quicker than anyone else because he figured out how to get three really impressive guards that instantly, I mean, I know you're only technically starting two guards, but you're really starting all three of them with Wendell, Katie, and Zepp. And then going out and getting a guy like Walker Kessler. And, I mean, he transformed this roster, bringing in Jabari, and then you slid a lot of dudes that were starters or very close to starters last year, like Jalen Williams and Devin Cambridge, into role players. He's figured it out. And the product of that was an SEC championship. And he said it after the game on the SEC Network broadcast that this one's for those kids. You know, Bruce pointed out that he's got rings in a box at his house, but uh, a lot of the guys on this team don't have that. And so... They were able to, uh, to celebrate that in the locker room last night, I hope. I hope they weren't so focused on Saturday and trying to win it outright. I know Zepp earlier in the week said the goal is to win it outright and then win the SEC tournament and then win the NCAA tournament. But hopefully, the fact that you get a ring and the fact that you get to drop a banner in Auburn Arena with your team on it, I think that's pretty cool. And I hope they celebrated that. I know Auburn fans did. And they should. They should. You don't win a conference championship 
um, in any sport very often. It's just hard. In this league, it's just hard. Whether it's football, basketball, baseball, softball, equestrian, whatever it may be, it's hard. And this Auburn basketball team found a way. Hats off to all of you gentlemen. Uh, just an incredible season. An incredible season. So, can they, can they, did they write the ship, right? I mean, is this something that are the road woes behind them because they don't play another road game again? They play away from Auburn Arena. It's neutral side stuff, but I think it's done. I think, the, I think all of that is done. So, Auburn obviously wraps up at home and then it's off to Tampa for the SEC tournament where everyone's playing um, in, a, in a neutral side, obviously, and then tournament time. So, uh, great, great situation, I think. If you are an Auburn Tiger fan, I mean, seriously, this is uh, this is a night that you need to celebrate. And it's only going to get better Saturday because they got a chance to cut down the nets in Auburn Arena. Hey, March Madness is uh, is obviously upon us. <laughs> they made that very clear in the broadcast last night. And it's such a fun time of year. You want to make sure that you celebrate it the best that you can. So I got to tell you about run your pool, and then I want to play a game. I want to play a game. Mike G with the War Report will join us, and it's going to be a little fill-in-the-blank action. The most interesting Auburn player to watch this spring will be blank. Run your pool is the place where you need to go to set up your bracket, whether it's for your family or for your uh, your friend group or your work group if you want to do something you know with your corporate structure at your job. Run Your Pool sets up your, your bracket pool where you can customize all the scoring and uh, make sure everything is kind of the way you want it. You're not going to get that at ESPN or CBS. Run Your Pool is the only place doing this. When I was in college, um, I, I wish I would have known about Run Your Pool because we always did this thing with my fraternity where we would all like fill out a paper bracket and we had, you know, uh, a w- if you had a team that advanced to the round of 32, it was worth so many points. We had 16 worth so many points. Elite eight worth so many points. Run your pool can do all of that. And it takes like two seconds to set up. I did it the other day. It's, it takes like two seconds. And so you need to compete against me and other Locked On listeners, not just Locked On Auburn, but, you know, folks throughout the whole channel. And, uh, you know, we're using Run Your Pool to run our brackets. So, if you want to play against us and win a, you know, a chance to win cash prizes, join us at runyourpool.com slash locked on. And obviously, while you're there, it'd be smart to go ahead and make your own pool for your friends, family, work group, whatever it is. And when you do that, enter the, uh, the code PUREMADNESS, one word, P-U-R-E-M-A-D-N-E-S-S, at checkout for $10 off your custom pool, and all the rules and details will be available there. Runyourpool.com slash locked on for a chance to win a cash prize and have a ton of fun. Also, today's show brought to you by our local friends here at Fetch Me Home Delivery. We all have days where we get home from work and you know you, you sit down and I, I know my wife gets home from work because I'm home before her and she's like, man, I don't really want to cook anything. I'm like, well, honey, I don't either. So we, uh, we, we go to fetchmedelivery.com and we, uh, we have dinner taken care of it, and their delivery fees are super competitive, and I mean, it's, it's worth it. It's the best deal in meal delivery. There's no question about it. And also, an alcohol delivery. You can go to fetchmealcohol.com. They are adding products left and right throughout Auburn, Opelika, and Lee County, and you can get alcohol delivered right to your door thanks to new laws that are passed, and Fetch Me is all over that. So fetchmedelivery.com or fetchmealcohol.com. Check them out.
Mike G of the War Report joining us. Not a War Report Wednesday, but a War Report Thursday. At least we got it in this week, nonetheless. Mike G, I teased it just a moment ago, but fill in the blank. The most interesting Auburn player to watch and follow this spring will be blank. And I don't want to put you on the spot, so <laughs> I'll give I'll give my answer first. Uh, I think there's a very real chance um, that the answer to this is Landon King. Uh, is he a tight end? Is he a wide receiver? Regardless, uh, you know, I think we saw glimpses of him last year enough to kind of whet the appetite, right? I think a lot of Auburn fans are going to want to know more, uh, especially you know about you know did he develop as a route runner? Any what's he weighing in at? How's he, has he transformed his body at all in this short amount of time? Like, what are they kind of doing with, uh, you know, strength and conditioning with him? And how are they using him? Are, is he going to be an inline tight end with his, you know, this next season? Or are they going to possibly slot him out a little bit more because Auburn needs more help with the wide receivers? So I, I think Landon King, uh, it's easy to make the case that he will be the most interesting player to watch and follow this spring for the Auburn Tigers. Uh, the most interesting player... To follow this spring for me, not to anybody's surprise, is going to be D. Davis. Okay. Listen, we have a hell of a quarterback room, I think. You know, outside of T.J. Finley, who started, you know, a few games last season, um, I think there's an idea that this race is wide open. Now, you have a newcomer in Holden Gariner, who I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see how he – plays but I think all indications from Harson are that Gariner is probably going to redshirt uh and because you're going to need as few question marks as possible in this season for Brian Harson you're going to go with some guy who you've either had in your system or already has experience playing in the SEC Zach Calzada is going to be limited this spring uh, sure. with, uh, with uh, shoulder surgery uh to his off uh off throwing yeah non-throwing shoulder right and um that leaves Robbie Ashford and D Davis. And there has been a lot of intrigue around D Davis's progress so far. Reports are that he has really stepped it up. If we were to start the season today, he would definitely be the number two quarterback. That's not a total shock, but how he's, arrived I think, here, I think it is. I think if, if, if really? D Davis started the season as a number two quarterback, I think that would be a shock. If the season started today, I mean, I it, think is Calzada healthy. Up. Well, as as things are, right? It would it would you know what I mean? Because we can't we can't do anything with Calzada's shoulder. He's still hurt in this scenario. So I okay. think it would be it's D Davis, right? But but sure. that comes with reports that he's been doing well. He's been playing well. He's been stepping up. He stepped up his game. That's going to be interesting. A lot of fans wanted to see him at the end of last season and maybe felt like an opportunity was missed to get him in and in the game when he couldn't burn a red shirt. Uh, in the Iron Bowl, you know, we had another quarterback and three games playing on one leg, and we left him in there because there was an idea that we could not turn to our backup. So people are going to be watching D. Davis to see, Zach, not everybody's going to come out of this spring on this roster. No. So how he performs will go a long way to deciding which one of these quarterbacks hits the portal after the spring. So everyone's going to have their eye on D. Davis. So what, five scholarship quarterbacks, there's no way Auburn keeps all five scholarship quarterbacks, right? At least one is gone. At least one is gone. Now, Holden Gariner, like just, I would think about this like we have, like it's a four-man race. Okay. Holden Gariner is not going anywhere no matter what. Right. Um, He just got here. 
you know, he probably expected not to win the job. So Garner is the one you're excluding, making it a four-man race. Yeah, making it a four-man race between Calzada, Finley, Ashford, and Davis. Davis, okay. Right? So after the spring is over, you got to look at it. You got to look at TJ, and you got to look at D. Davis and think, you know, which one of these guys, if they don't win the starting job, you know, do they have incentive to stay on this roster? Because they just brought two other quarterbacks in. You know, you got one guy who started almost every game for his team last season. Uh, in Zach Calzada, mm-hmm. and then you got another one in Robbie Ashford, who is a supremely talented guy. He is a quarterback. We interviewed him. He wants to be thought yep. of as a quarterback, not an athlete. He's here to play quarterback, and all indications are he's super ready to compete. So I don't see either one of those guys jumping out of the system, which leaves us with two very competitive guys left in D. Davis and T.J. Finley. And I really feel like because D. Davis has not seen the field yet, and he's been in the system, he probably has the most to prove at this point. Right. Yeah, I mean, you got to think, there's really only two dudes that would leave in this scenario. D. Davis, I I think, makes total sense. He hasn't used his free transfer yet. And if he doesn't think that he could possibly play this year, I don't know when that opportunity is going to come. So, I don't think anyone would blame him if he, you know, if spring comes out and he's like, okay, he's number two, but, you know, they're giving a lot of attention to Zach Calzada on the sideline, you know, as far as the mental reps, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, so I'm, I'm realistically number three in, in this scenario. So uh, well, I wouldn't Chris, blame him for Chris leaving. Todd, I was going to say, Chris Todd told us, no matter how well you play, they're always trying to bring somebody in that's better than you. So it might not be a good methodology to sit on a roster where you couldn't win the job, the starting job for another year waiting on them to suddenly discover that you're the guy. Well, and also right. in this scenario, I mean, Calzada has more eligibility past 22, and so does Finley, right. and so does Garrett, right. <laughs> and so does Ashford. So, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I wouldn't blame him at all. The Finley one is interesting because obviously he's already used his one free transfer, but if he kind of gets a lay of the land and he's like, well, I'm not going to play in 22 anyway, you know, he could kind of do what Jarrett Stidham did when he left Baylor and, you know, you park yourself at a year at, you know, at a Juco or whatever it may be. And then you sit out and then you go somewhere else uh, where you're eligible in 23 anyway. And so um, I, I get it. I, I would totally not blame him if he did that. He's still young. You know, he, he's played a good bit. He's got two years of SEC experience, about mm-hmm. one and a half starting when you all added up uh, just shy of that. And so, you know, I think there's another school that would find adding Finley to the roster attractive. And so, you know, I would not blame him for um, for doing that. So Yeah, you know, TJ Finley is uh, uh, one of the upcoming interviews that we have. We sat with TJ and talked about the things that he feels like he needs to do this spring as well. So that quarterback race is going to be really interesting. You got a lot the of first guys four minutes of that, the- just real quick, the first four minutes of that interview is fascinating. <laughs> yeah, right. When like, is that dropping? Uh, can you can you publicly say when that's dropping? You, uh, yeah, that's going to drop on uh, Monday. Y'all watch this. March the 6th. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Be Monday, sure to uh, go to the War Report's YouTube page. Click the bell so you get notified when that TJ Finley uh, interview drops. Go check it out because yeah. it is um, it's interesting. Yeah, listen. Um, I hope I, I didn't give too much away. I hope I didn't give too much away on that. Yeah, no, you do. You're fine. Like, listen, uh, they're, uh, these guys... You know, these interviews have been raw and honest. 
And it's great. Know, said, Gosh, I love they it. Said, they said what they feel, uh, but ultimately um, they believe in this team and they think they have a team that can compete in 2022. So, you know, feeling uh, under, you know, overlooked and undervalued, uh, maybe a good thing for this squad. You know, TJ's got a lot to prove this spring. I know I said D Davis has a lot, the most to prove, but yeah. TJ's got a lot to prove uh, not only to the team, but I think in some ways to himself. Yeah. Right. But, you know, uh, because but he's a the, competitor. So a competitor wants to go out and challenge themselves, you know? Yeah. But the question was, you know, who's the most interesting? And I think D Davis's storyline this spring is yeah. much more interesting. You yeah, also, what, what, yeah, go what, ahead. What we, what we don't know is what's so interesting about it. Right. You know, like Calzada's not interesting. No, Calzada, I think Calzada is kind of the expectation in my mind. It's like, right, if, yeah, it's not interesting. If it's not, if it's someone not Calzada, it becomes insanely more interesting. So, right. um, and the, the fact that your probable starting quarterback can't play in the spring is wild. Wild. Yeah. It, it is it wild makes... and such a waste. I mean, it's, I mean, you're, you're oh. just giving up so many reps, but Hey, I, the, the glass half full way to look at this is maybe it gives a chance more to an Ashford or a D Davis to, right. to kind of ascend up the depth chart and actually make the battle between whoever ascends this spring and Calzada. You know, maybe that does make it interesting. And in yeah, you camp. have, you have plenty of tape on Calzada. You but not reps, no- though. But not reps. And True, with these receivers and offensive line and tank, I mean, that's important. Yeah, but you got tape, right? You don't have any – you have very limited data on the on the others in game in game time situations. So Unless I it's think, baseball. We know Ashford can play baseball. Hey, listen, man. He is a gr- – I mean, He's a great athlete. Guy, he is an athlete. Don't tell him that. <laughs> don't call him an athlete. Call him a quarterback because that's what he is, damn it. I get that. I respect that. I respect that. Well, cool. No, I, I appreciate your answer. Hey, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, how would you answer that question? You know, who who do you think the most interesting player to watch this uh, the spring is? Would love to um, would love to get your thoughts on that, Mike G. In just a moment, uh, you know, l- I was looking at the combine in Indy this week, and Auburn fans should expect more. And I'll tell you what I mean by that in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline is the place to check out all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, everything you need for wagering on sports and other things is available to you at BetOnline.net. Check it all out. Uh, Obviously, basketball is about to be huge. It is March, one of the best months of the year, but also they have hockey, boxing, UFC odds. They do not have baseball because no one has MLB right now. Very, very sad. But check it all out, betonline.net, where the game starts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at kubotaorangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Mike G, before we jump into Combine stuff, because I, I think this will be an interesting conversation, but what uh, what all's going on at the War Report these days? Ah, Listen, uh, we got tons of basketball content. We're doing a lot of things at the War Report right now. We kind of referenced earlier, we're dropping player interviews. Uh, yeah. So last offseason, it was, you know, former players turned pro. 
Uh, this offseason, we're actually doing interviews with current players. So head on over to the War Report on YouTube. Hit subscribe, as Zach mentioned. Turn on that subscribe, that notification bell, so you know when we're dropping content. And look out for uh, look out for a lot of interviews to give us insight into you know where guys are at mentally this spring. Right, right. And I want to encourage folks to head over to AUShirts.com if you want a shirt like this one. Portal season is our shirt of the week over there. So go to AUShirts.com. The top shirt up there, it's the featured one. You can get a discount this week. Use promo code PORTAL to get a, to get a, a nice chunk of the price taken off. That is at AUShirts.com. All right. So I think Auburn fans should be upset that there's only three players participating in Indianapolis for NFL teams this week. Obviously... We've got Zacoby McLean, Roger McCreary, and Smoke Monday, all three defenders, which I think makes sense with, with how, when you look at how Auburn performed last year. But Auburn should have more than three dudes at the Combine, Mike G. The SEC has 82. 82 players from the conference. Auburn has three of them. And I don't think this is a knock on the NFL, and, and, and I want to be clear, this is not a knock on the three players that are represented. Mm-hmm. But I just think that number should be higher. Am I way off on that? Uh, no. Uh, and you've intrigued me, uh, Zach. So, <laughs> wow, three? <laughs> okay, so. Out of 82 know, from the SEC? Like, that's none. That is virtually almost zero. Like, when, when yeah. you compare it to the rest of the conference. And we've seen okay. Auburn guys perform well. Um. But it just, yeah, it just, and, and this year, like, I don't know who else they would realistically ask. You know what I mean? Like, maybe Tony Fair and a role player type thing. Um, Demetrius Robertson is projected to get drafted in day three, maybe the sixth mm-hmm. round. Maybe you ask him. But, like, the, it, it's just Auburn didn't put the talent out this year. And I think that's something Auburn fans should be like, yo, what's going on here? Yeah, you know, look at it this way. Uh, 30% of those kids are coming from Georgia and Alabama. Right. Right. Uh, right. They've got 25 kids between those two schools. Georgia is sending 14. Alabama is sending 11. Ridiculous. Uh, normally, that uh, that looks like LSU is kind of having a down year, but normally they've got like 10 kids in, in the draft as well, too. So uh, LSU's you know, best they, prospect isn't even like participating, I don't think. Yeah, but they still got more than three guys right. at the combine, yeah. right? Like. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at at least eight <laughs> guys that are still sending to the combine, and we got three. So I mean, this eight is, is a tenth, right? Like, that's reasonable. That is a tenth. Me, you, there's 14 teams in the league. Like, okay, that's a normal mm-hmm. thing. Two of the other teams in the conference, they both played each other for a national championship. Like, they're going to have more. I get that. But three just seems ridiculously low to me. Yeah, uh, eight. Yeah, it's nine. Actually, Zach, yes, nine. They got nine guys in. Okay. So uh, what I would say is this is a development issue, 100%, right? If you're not sending guys to the combine, you know, this is a development issue that precedes Harson, right? Because Yeah, this isn't Harson's fault, right? Yeah, just joining the draft is about the three-year sample size that these kids have to go through before they can even become draft eligible. Sure, right. So, you know, the one year that Harson spent here, did not, you know, that's not the reason why we got three guys in the draft yeah. in this uh, this season. Right. So sometimes you have down a year, sometimes it's an off year. Um, but let's let, let's remember, um, a lot of guys are opting to come back for their their COVID years. Mm-hmm. So guys who might have been eligible for the combine are coming back 
Yeah, like Wooden, Obviously. Hall, and Papo probably would have been in We would have gone to the combine, right? Yeah, so. But you would, you would think, back. yeah. Yeah, so uh, sometimes it's about guys choosing to stay in school at Auburn. That's a great uh, point. But, you know, but, uh, but ultimately, that's maybe only half the equation. The other half of the equation is lack of development. That's something that we're going to look to improve. I mean, I, if we have less than six guys in, at, invited to the combine last, next year, I'd be disappointed. So they've got to step that up. It's going to be big in recruiting as well, too, because uh, recruits know these numbers. They know how many guys you're sending to the league because they oh, want to. They don't have to look it guys. up. The coaches are telling yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah, they're telling them. Yeah. They're being so, told. You know, yep. So you got to be able to get guys to the next level if you want to be able to recruit effectively. Obviously, this coach's recruiting tactics have been under fire. So mm-hmm. this season, he's got to show the development so that, you know, he can get guys into a position to get invited to the combine, which ultimately will turn into one of your best recruiting tools. Right. And you know what? John Samuel Shanker would have been invited, I would think, if he, he didn't mm-hmm. go. So, like, that's another one. But, you, you know, it's, it's going to be those four guys that we just mentioned already next year, as well as Tank Bigsby will obviously be a part of it. Maybe a yeah. guy like Nick Brahms, just because he started in the SEC for so many years, they're going to probably want to look at, look at him and talk to him. So, I think we'll easily have six or seven. You would think, you know, I, yeah. I think unless they just really drop off, um, I, I think we just named six or seven. So, yeah, right. so we'll see. We'll see. But I just, that number, when I, the three made sense when that press release came out that Auburn sent with like, okay, yeah, smoke makes sense. Roger makes sense. Um, Zacoby. And Zacoby, of course, makes sense. But it's like, wait, the SEC has 82 dudes? Like, that's just, <laughs> what? And Auburn only has three of them? Like, that just yeah. seemed really off to me, but you just talked me off the ledge, and I appreciate that. Yeah, listen, and we regularly represent um, close to 33% of the kids put into the first round of the draft as well, too. So, I mean, there are high numbers there. there that one we is in the that, SEC? Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah, okay, right, yeah. in the first round. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, when you look at the year that Schwartz and uh, Seth Williams came out, we only had four guys, I think, go get drafted that year. And uh, Jamie and Sherwood was one of them. And I right. forgot who the, the, the fourth guy was. Is that KJ Britt's year? Yeah, Britt. No, Britt would have been the year before. But, it, no, but no. anyway. anyway. But, you know, we, we didn't have high numbers there either, again, which pointed to that lack of development that had been going on. So mm-hmm. we got to get those numbers up, man, if we want to compete and if we want to recruit well. Right. Uh, they've got to show that. Mike G, one more time, how can folks support the War Rapport and you and everything you have going on, man? Hey, listen, uh, not only us, but, you know, I appreciate everybody who supports Locked On and all the other Auburn content creators out here on YouTube and on podcasts. But head on over to YouTube, type in the War Report, hit subscribe. Every view helps us to continue to bring you guys quality Auburn content. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, we'll wrap up the week tomorrow right here on Locked On Auburn. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.